This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. Yeah! Yates back in the house for another day, filling in for Slee. You're here with me tomorrow. You're here with me on Monday. This I know. is, uh, you know, we're getting a little little rhythm going. These here, are the Yates. kinds of things where, if people were married, the people that were otherwise looking in would say, "What's that person spending so much time <laughs> yeah, with why, the person you married they together to again? For? What's but, happening? Yeah, again? but look, when you do it out in the open, it's a little less. That's uh, <laughs> a different it's lifestyle. A, it's, 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 right. That's the uh, the other thing. That's when you wear a lot of shirts with pineapples. Exactly. On it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Did you not know? That? I did know that. Yeah. Sometimes the pineapples are on cruises. Sometimes the pineapples are upside down. Right. Um, I did want to get to <laughs> cruises. Some- yes, you're right. I did <laughs> want to get to something early though because we got an early morning text from Emily that said. <laughs> I believe I had that, and you certainly <laughs> did. And Trav's reply was, there was no point in which I did not think that you did. Yeah, so Emily, I, I'll, I'll let you kind of walk us through exactly what you predicted, but your prediction of what the final Taylor Swift show was going to be was spot on. And she, I, I I don't know what she was going for with her text this morning because she's like, I had it right. I'm like, yeah, I knew, I know you did. To be I never, clear, I, I still also don't really you know what right. you had right, but like in terms of what the announcement even is, but I gathered that from the way that you set it up, <laughs> broke it down, and knocked it down, that it was correct. So please do what, tell us. What did you get right? What occurred? So she announced that her next uh, re-recording, 1980, Taylor's version is coming out on October, on October 27th. Okay. And I predicted that she was going to announce uh, a new re-recording and that it was going to be 1989. I also did call the last two songs. I don't know if I did it on air yesterday, but I did with my friend. I was like, I think she's going to play New Romantics and um, uh, New Year's Day. And New Year's Day is my favorite song of all time. And she played it without me. And uh, it's great. <laughs> it's fine. It's a lot. Uh, but no, I, she's <laughs> releasing a new re-recording in October. And it's one of my favorite albums. And it's going to be awesome. Um, but it looked like a fantastic show. And I feel like... So here's the story. I had the opportunity to go to the show last night. My mm-hmm. friend Christine, last week, she texted me, Hey, I got last minute tickets for, um, uh, for August 9th. If you want to come with me, your first dibs. But if you don't want to go, my fiancé will go with me. Wow, Dibs over fiance, okay. Well, yeah, he's not a he's not a Swifty, mm-hmm. but anyway, so I am like, sure, I, I think I, I'd like to go. Let me think about it. Let me see how I feel after Saturday if I want to, one, spend the money on the ticket and two, spend the like emotional like Capital. toll and the yeah. physical toll of going to, to the, the concert. So I, and then on Sunday, she texted me, hey, Ethan really wants to go. Like he's really excited. Obviously, at first dibs, but like if you don't, he really By wants the to way, go. That text, the my husband, my fiance really wants. That's a you. You should probably should not go. Out. Yeah, exactly. You exactly. Probably tap out. So right. I was like. Yes, Ethan could go. He'll have a great time. But I had a bad feeling that Karma was coming oh. back and get me, and that it's going to one be an announcement, two play my favorite song, <laughs> and one of my other favorite songs. And there's a bunch of celebrities there that I would love to have seen even from far away. So 
It is what it is. I'm really happy that the people who went there last night had the experience. Tommy Lamb went last night. Um, shout Tommy out to you, Tommy Lamb. <laughs> took Funny his girls. games department. Okay. Took his girls. How about took that? His girls. He texted me. He's like, this merch line is no joke. Because at the um, Rams camp on Tuesday, I was giving him kind of like a lowdown of like how to go about it, best practices for going to the concert. And he was like, yeah, I took your advice. I did all these things. And yeah, the line for the merch I want to know how badly Tommy got dinged in the merch. Oh, oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> got Credit card more sales over there credit card your, statements are going to be <laughs> when your kids are asking for something especially if it's a unique thing yeah yes. right it's not just that you're in walmart that day and they see something they like no they that's don't just e- want a snack that, from the aisle that's an easy note yeah. Yeah. but the hey we're at the taylor swift show or we're on vacation and yeah. you this one thing that you're not going to get not an coming back for. Uh, that's a very difficult no and that it can be some damage to the credit but card. yes the 1989 um even before she introduced that she was going to do the uh, re-recording she said it's been eight years nine months and 13 days since i had 1989 wow. and her lucky number is 13 1989 eight eight years nine months it's a lot of stuff. She thinks about this very intricately, which is why it's like tarot cards. Yeah, Swifties <laughs> look at it really intricately, and everyone was calling it for last night. And so I'm happy that we have a new re-recording in October. You guys are going to hear more about Taylor Swift in October, but you'll have a little like two month break. Okay, so you're on you're on on point with your predictions. Sure. So Brenda's pregnant. Can you predict, boy or girl? <laughs> do you know the answer? We don't know the answer. Okay. Okay. What do you think, Em? Uh. So, when was the last time I saw Brenda? Was that at the Mandy's? Mandy's. Uh, or did she come to the softball? She came to softball. So, softball. I saw her at softball, I think, then. Um, so I'm going to go boy. Ooh, okay. Does my the, prediction. The, the, the recency of the last no, time you I'm saw just, her affect the sex <laughs> well, of No, but there I'm is. I'm just trying to <laughs> put my mind. Numbers. She's doing the numbers. She's yeah. crunching the numbers. When I'm, when I'm thinking about, you know, I, I, I do consider myself to be someone who can predict things pretty well. Hey, there you go. There's something I call. You think you're a little like clairvoyant or something. The right? force no, is I strong. Have a, I have, Let's a, just I say have that. intuition. intuition. There's something else I predicted, Travis, I think sports related that, uh, anyway. What was it? I need to remember because okay. I think that we had a whole thing where like you predicted this exactly right, exactly what would happen. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, shoot, what was that? It'll come back to me. I got anyway. Stop about so it. I think that you know, if you guys have questions boy. for me that you want to answer, boy. then boy. we'll see. She said, "Boy, boy, right. nice, boy." Well, boy. now I'm kind of feeling like I missed out on the Swift experience, like as a zeitgeist thing. The way Mace talks about it all the time, like everybody I know went to this show in L.A. People I know flew to L.A to go see this mm-hmm. operation. Many people I know went more than once. You and I are in the same boat on exact opposite ends of the boat. Okay. You, like when the thing that everybody's fired up about, you want to be a part about, the thing that everybody's fired up about, I want to actively ignore it. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> but I don't think that I always am like that. But with this, I am, for whatever reason. Are I you just, not a FOMO guy? No, I'm not a FOMO. I'm definitely not a FOMO guy. Okay. Not remotely, but I feel what like- What about that time Taylor performed for the first time? That's what I'm saying. Like I felt, <laughs> well, this is my point. Not, since I knew- Rather, once I learned that it was Emily's first time seeing her, I was like, oh, that would have been a great first time experience for somebody that I'm probably honestly never going to see again. You know what yeah. I mean? It wouldn't have been that heavy no, of a lift. To she's get out coming to back next uh, November to some U.S. states. She's doing okay. Indianapolis, Miami, and New Orleans. But New uh, Orleans. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. 
But yeah, that would have been a good right down the road trip. So big that it does feel like I really wish. I wish I had a point of reference on what it was like for me. Yeah, not just hearing it through. No, I got you, Tommy on or Mace Swift Seven Ten. Yeah, or, here or we go. <laughs> Swift Seven Ten. It's unless people get upset, and then Chris will bring it all back. And uh, no, it's we'll, it's. We'll be going listen, we are here to support people's dreams, and Taylor motivates Emily every single day. We have week, one so. last snake draft regarding uh, Taylor Swift good. coming up too, and you want to know the order. Yes, well, you're let's first, go. Obviously, uh, no, that. actually, I'm not first. And also, Cody picked it. Okay, guys. Okay. Right. Cody. Shouts to Cody. I saw, I saw. I saw. All right, so it's Clinton. Okay. Then me. Rigged. Score. Rigged. Then Jorge. Rigged. Then Travis. Oh, Travis, sure, you get rigged. two picks in a row, my dude. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Can, this is my pettiness coming out. Ready? Okay. Usually it doesn't take much. When you have a snake draft and you get the the, the turnaround pick, yeah, that's fine as long as it comes around again. That when it ends after three rounds, then the person at the end is not in a good I spot. I thought it was four rounds, though. It's three. It's three. We all have three picks, you need, four so people. So for the snake draft to make it equitable to be at the end and, and not advantageous but not disadvantageous, sure. you need four rounds. Right. I thought we were doing four rounds. Uh, no, we've always done three rounds. Hey, what? it's yes. already been decided. We did four when we did not the, enough room on the graphic. Hold on. It only bothers me when I pick fourth. Wait, no. The last time I was here, we did four rounds. The bear no, draft. We, we've never yes, done, we did. She said there's did. no room in the graphic. We <laughs> did do I mean, I was. I literally just saw I just saw a re purpose tweet from when we did that with the graphic. I will look uh, it up. I picked four bears. I think I'm fairly certain that's right. Anyway, because I remember thinking this is a great <laughs> self-contained little system. Four by four at the time. Anyway. Uh, are we making the Jeez. unanimous decision right now to move to four? I'm just saying. If I find hey, this tweet. At the, at the risk hey, of Cody, spoiling not, the bit, I don't give a damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cody, not yes, yes or Hold no. We, we can make room in the, in the graphic. No, no. Oh, uh, he says three. Yeah. It okay, was definitely okay, four. <laughs> Pop culture, bear draft. I picked Smokey the Bear, Master Poe, Fozzie Bear, and Yogi. It was 100%. I'm looking at the graphic right now. It was me. I've never heard you care about something. Well, I mean, I'm just repost saying. Repost it. Retweet I, it. I will repost it. I'll send it to you Re-exit. guys right now. If that, that, if oh, that yeah. was your four picks, that's the only time we've done four. Okay, fair enough. That's why yeah. I was so confused. Yeah. I was like, wait, why would that change? But okay, Maybe I got it's you. just against me. Whenever I get the fourth pick, we go down to three. Like I said, I, I think we're going to be okay. I think we'll figure it out along it's the way. Um, there it is. Four I don't picks. mean to get too far into your business, yeah. Clinton, but you know we've done a handful of shows together this week. Sure. Another one coming next week. Have you ever gambled a billion dollars? <laughs> no. <laughs> because uh, apparently that's a thing people do. You know, it's wild to me because people always ask me questions about gambling. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, we has have- Has Phil Mickelson ever asked you for No, advice? Phil Mickelson has never asked me for any action or any juice. But I always tell people, and they, they're they always shocked. I'm like, no, I don't gamble. And they're like, why not? Do I. You seem to know a lot about- I'm like, yeah, I like money too much. That's why I don't gamble. Well, and here's the other thing. With spreads and everything else, it's a 50 50- And I know- I, Look, listen, listen, before I even start, I know you have a system. Good for you. Go knock right. yourself out. Sure. To me, I don't. I don't know what I'm picking. With It's a 50-50 proposition to me, so- I'm not really dying to go do it, but when I saw that headline today that there's a new book out where a famous gambler was detailing his relationship with Phil Mickelson and that Phil Mickelson has wagered, not lost, but wagered in in this author slash, he's widely considered the greatest American gambler of all time, Okay, says that Phil Mickelson has wagered a billion dollars. That's an outrageous sum of money. Like- <laughs> truly wild because the reason I say that is because I don't I just don't understand the thrill you know what I mean and like in this last 10 years in America and in the sports world and specifically right here in the sports media world 
Gambling has gone from something that people did and people talked about sort of in the shadows to something that is literally fueling and funding entire media networks at this stage. And that, to me, in itself is still somewhat jarring, not in a judgment way, but in a I can't believe that this is actually how this has gone at this stage. For years, you know this as well as anybody. People didn't even want pro sports teams in Vegas because they thought it was going to be too be close the end of the world. to the action. Right? It would be the, and now, oh, you can't let the gamblers near the athletes. And now oh, bad it's news. the whole operation, the entire shebang, including at this very network, is fueled by people gambling, which, again, I don't have a problem with from a judgment standpoint. No. It's just wild it's not how far me. we've come. Yeah. Here, here, I'm going to read you this opening sentence because okay. this kind of lays the Please whole do. thing out. This is from ESPN.com. Uh, this is David Purdom's opening sentence of this piece. Phil Mickelson bet more than $1 billion on football, basketball, and baseball over the past three decades and even allegedly attempted to place a $400,000 wager on Team USA in the 2012 Ryder Cup in which he participated, according to an upcoming book by renowned professional gambler Billy Walters. Wow. 400 k on your own team in a tournament you're playing in? That's got to break some Which, rule. by the way... They lost. Yeah, I'm like, that's got to break some rule of, of whatever the code of conduct is if you're on the Ryder Cup team, no? Well, according to Billy Walters, Walters at that point said, I'm not taking that action. Right. I'm not, you, you are he doesn't want to be a part mind. of that. This is a terrible idea for you. He does not know if he got that action somewhere else. Oof. Because what this Walters guy does, because he's so good at this, yeah. reportedly, casinos will only take so much action from him. So he's got to spread it around and get partners to come in with some of their money that he invests (laughs) in them. So anyway, I I don't understand how it works exactly other than my eyeballs popped out of my head when I saw billion with a B that Phil Mickelson has wagered over a billion dollars according to No wonder he's out here taking Saudi money left and right. This guy's got a serious problem. When Liv showed up and started scratching those crazy checks to everybody and, and Phil Mickelson made his infamous comments about how they're killing guys and they're scary blanker blankers and all of this stuff mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't and i know that they're bad guys and that they killed jamal all of this stuff yeah. but i wanted this is an opportunity to leverage the tour blah, 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 blah. Yeah. it was a this is an opportunity for me to maybe square some accounts <laughs> exactly you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean you got some debts that you gotta you know get yeah. back on i mean like I, I don't know phil mickelson is an interesting guy too because i feel like a billion I, well let me ask you that like what is phil mickelson's sort of life reputation to you at this point. You know what I mean? Because for a That's long a time, he was the golfer who was not Tiger. But now, Phil has become this, I don't want to say slimy, but certainly kind of a greasier character in terms of everything that he does and how he moves in the world. Like, I, pick that up. I don't think kids grow up wanting to be Phil Mickelson no, anymore. No, I, I don't think so either. And he is near, if not at the top of the list, of public perception relative to people that knew yeah this is not surprising to people that have known and people that i've talked to for a very long time so we picked that up plus we got a ton of dodger stuff to get yes, to today do. fernando's having his number retired this weekend Kershaw's are you going to back. that by the way i'm it's saturday right i think it's saturday it should be saturday it, the the fernando is yeah. tomorrow august tomorrow. 11th oh it's, oh, to- it's tomorrow you might have to get out to the yard buddy. i may have to do that you might have that you, that, that, that have seems be- like a move you make I think I'm going to. You yeah. know, I, I think I've just made it as a, an executive decision. We got that. Bobby Miller looked pretty good he last did. night. And by the way, he's going to have to look even better if the Dodgers want to win the World Series. We got a lot of Dodger baseball and what the hell with a billion dollars in gambling. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. <laughs> I was just talking about this song with somebody yesterday, literally. A billion. 50 Cent made $100 million because he bought into vitamin, vitamin water. water. Yeah. And then Coke bought it for like $5 billion and He just came up on $100 million out of nowhere. There, and then he made that song. There's that one. The uh, the guys that invested in body armor, Kobe, Trout. Uh, I wanted, there was maybe Bryce. No, Bryce Harper's a Gatorade guy. But sure. I know Kobe and Trout were bought and body armor got bought by somebody else. And God, I would, that thing popped. I wish, I wish that would happen. Just, just one of those. Just one. And I don't need it to be $5 billion. I, Yeah, I don't need $100 mil. I'll take a cool 20 You know, you know what, what I'm saying? Here, here's all I want. This is all I want. And I don't get me wrong, I've been very fortunate in my life, and I'm blessed to have the things that I do. And sure. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I just want to have just enough to decide whether or not I want to do something. I get it. And that's right, it. Right, right. I, I, I want to remove the, I kind of need to do that. Yeah. That I want I want it to just be exclusively, yeah, that sounds like something I'd like to do. I'll or, be paying for that, and I'll be attending it. I, I, yeah. I don't want to do that. And, hey, we got this opportunity. Well, yeah, I probably should. It'd be, it'll cover this. It'll cover that. Just, right. yeah, I don't feel like doing that. That's all I want. Just, so, just $1 more than that amount, whatever that is. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> let, well, let me ask this. Do, do you know off the top of your head what Phil Mickelson's career earnings are? I do because I read it sure. this morning. It's just shy of $100 million. Okay, that's not, I mean, where does that compare to, say, Tiger? It's significantly less. It's less. Right. I, I the, Tiger's career earnings, I know, are, are the most of all time, mm-hmm. but it's, I don't know if it's significantly less, okay. but it's less. I, the reason I ask is because, like, guys who. So, Phil Mickelson has made uh, solely from playing golf on the PGA Tour and through Live Golf $94 million, 960. 
thousand dollars four hundred fifty one. I don't know how to say that, but yeah. right ninety four point nine million. Okay, Tiger reason- made one fifty seven. Okay, the reason I ask that is because like presumably, and maybe this is just me being ignorant to what actually fuels people gambling because I have a live sports addiction that has nothing to do with action. If there's a live game on, I will probably be watching it no matter how ridiculous it is Mm -hmm. at some point in my life or during the day. The goal of gambling is to get richer, is it not? I think that's the goal of gambling that someone that doesn't have a gambling problem. And that's the thing. Like, there's no the, world. Somebody with a gambling problem, they just need the action. Like, they need that little dopamine hit or whatever I mean, that's, it is. That's what I mean. And going. I'm like, I don't, that doesn't relate to, correlate to who I am. And if you'd asked me, what do I think about Phil Mickelson? The first thing that now comes to mind is his gambling problem. It's not even golf. Like, the, the amount that we've heard about this, his involvement in this world is not, oh, the guy likes to make a couple casual wagers here and there. The guy, or the guy's really good at it and has bet some things that you probably wouldn't bet. All we mm-hmm. hear is him betting outrageous sums of money on things inappropriately, <laughs> and he's already rich. So you go back, this is 20 years, okay? And and when I was I was working for Rome, and, and mm-hmm. there was a story that came out that was... Phil Mickelson made, I want to say it was either multiple hundreds of thousands or maybe in the low millions of money betting football. And everybody's like, whoa, like Phil Mickelson's a sharp on football betting. And I remember at the time thinking, okay, I'm not disputing the accuracy of that, but if he's hitting like that, that means he's missing a A bunch of times too. And when that came out, I don't want to put this in there. Phil Mickelson has said he hasn't placed a bet in a very long time, that his gambling did get out of control. He himself classified it as an addiction that he dealt with. Okay, so fine. But I remember at the time, Phil Mickelson, he signs every autograph. His daughter and his wife run out onto the green to give him a hug after he wins a tournament. He's a family. And fans were in love with Phil Mickelson. Right. People that knew felt very differently. People that knew thought that, to use a Trav and Slee word that we throw around here, bit of a fugazi, <laughs> right? That, 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 that there was, the, that word, there was yeah. the public perception of him, and then there was the perception of him among people that followed the tour and p- people that played the tour sure. and people that around interacted, the tour. With, interacted yeah. with him. And it was a, no, bro, not, no, 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 you guys got this one inside out. This is not what you think this is. And now over the the gambling stuff, the live stuff, the com and not that he went to live, but the fact that he would was comfortable enough to leverage what he knew was not great to try to get video rights or whatever he yeah, was trying whatever to do. Yeah, whatever he was trying to claim. The, the perception of him now, I think, is much more closer to the reality of the way that people that knew him felt about I him. I would say so. We are we are closer to sleazeball than we are to legendary golfer. And right. I don't use that Flippantly, I mean, I just it's 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 weird because again, you're already rich, bro. You know what I'm saying? I like, don't think for somebody like him, I don't think it's a hey, I just added 800 grand to the pile. I don't think that's it because he could go shoot a car commercial and make eight. That's what grand. I'm saying. It's not about the money; oh, it's about the action. I'm so glad this was. So, I knew a lot of guys in college, and I still do know a lot of guys who like they're. I don't want to say that their primary entrance into the sports world is through gambling, but a large part of how they interact with sports is through basically placing wagers. And that, to me, is just, oh, I thank my lucky stars every night that this is not a problem that I have to deal with. Do you subscribe to the idea that these ultra-high-level guys, Michael Jordan, Phil Mickelson, Charles Barkley, Uh 
the, these guys that are operating that they just need competition, and this is another way to no, feel that. That I, I need juice. No, I, I just I don't sitting think it's around that. and playing golf is not fun to me. I need to play golf. I need something to turn that switch on for me. So Michael Jordan playing eighteen holes with his buddies, not that interesting. Michael Jordan playing eighteen holes with a notorious gambler with lots of money on the line, that gets me going. Sure, but what I'll say is this: gambling on things that you're actually doing is a very different matter than gambling on things that other people are doing. That is a big time delineation in my opinion. If for you perhaps. Yeah, I mean and, and I, I mean I, I just agree with I just you, think so because it's like okay, well if I'm playing against somebody doing something Because Mickelson reportedly is both. The really? things that he's participating wow. in, like the the stories of the action that he had well, in I practice mean, I guess rounds, he was doing 400,000 on the writer yeah. and then football, basketball, baseball games, it's that he's not playing in those, no. but I there are a million stories about a million different things that I don't know are true or not, so I'm not going to repeat them. Right. But about money that would exchange hand and practice rounds that would make your eyes roll back into your head. I'll tell you an old story where two years ago, it was right around this time of year, I was in Vegas for NABJ. And I told my friend Woody Page that I was going to be in Vegas. Woodrow Wilson Page, some of you know him from around the horn, obviously from Denver as a columnist for a long time. He's a huge Vegas guy. And he said to me, go to this hotel this uh, casino, ask for this person, and they will take you behind the scenes and show you everything. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, I know you don't gamble, but I'll bet you're going to want to see how the operation Oh, goes. hell yeah. Oh, I went to that casino. I asked for that guy. And sure enough, they came out from the back, walked me back behind all the people into the big green room where they have all the screens. I'm people sky. were looking at me like, who the hell is this guy? And I was just like, see you later. You know, they maybe got they and so what they the, the setup was they had probably eight dudes in there. Okay. Who all had probably twenty screens in front of them, like, you know, broken up in different things. They probably let's just say five quad box screens. Yeah. They're all watching everything. They've got lines that are sort of rolling through in terms of every single place. It was an operation of data management, unlike anything I've ever seen. I obviously couldn't take pictures. But, you know, they walked me through like, hell, this is what I look at. Some of the guys do golf. Some of the guys do baseball. Other guys do different sports. And this, oh, this was, is the sports gambling Yes, aspect. this oh, was okay, the sports okay, book. Okay. I, yes, I, pardon I, me. I thought you were talking about like the casino floor with no, the no, dice no, no, and no, the no, cards. No. This was the okay. sports book okay, gotcha. operation in the back. And it was one of the more fascinating things. And I was actually surprised that like – these guys were not huge gambling guys. They were just good at math. They didn't like, you know, it wasn't some All like, gamblers are they, good at math. Right, but what I mean is that they weren't necessarily, how do I explain this? They weren't necessarily sports fans. You right. know what I mean? They They're were just, math fans. They were just dudes who happened to be good at figuring this kind of stuff the, out. And those guys, lines. those same guys that are doing yeah. that are the same guys that are running baseball teams now. Pretty much, yeah. They they're, so, they're, they're are exploiting market inefficiencies. They are finding opportunities in yeah. the data before the next guy finds them, and that's where the advantage lies, whether it's placing a bet or whether it's that kid that doesn't look like he knows he's actually really really important or it, it was fascinating i hung out in there for about a half an hour because it was kind of a sensory overload to be honest because yeah. there was just so much going on that i couldn't follow and then they gave me probably 100 drink tickets and i proceeded to <laughs> completely hammered for the rest worth of the it. day yeah you to- worth it. totally uh, worth can i just it. get the tickets i was i was handing, I out, I was handing out tickets to everybody people thought i was the mayor but yeah. you know it was a fun time and it was cool to be able to see that that's sports very cool. book from the inside yeah so the, phil mickelson gambled wagered over a billion dollars right didn't lose a billion dollars according to to this book from billy walters who was a famous gambler he estimates through all these things that he thinks mickelson lost about a hundred million wow 
a lot. Lost $100 million. Which is basically all the money he made playing golf. On the tour, yeah. Right? Now, he's made a lot more doing other things. Sure. Endorsements and everything else. Right, being but Phil. Investments. Wow. And, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. A mind-boggling this is, number. He's had a bad couple of years. He's had a PR-wise, he's had a Not bad great, couple of years. Not great, Bob. Probably time to stay, lay low. And it was one of he won that PGA at fifty one years old, oldest he guy did. to win a major. Yeah. He was like, man, this dude is. And then it's like, oh boy, oh right, that happened in a hurry. There's that. Fernando's getting his number retired tomorrow. Should Cooperstown be up next? That's coming up. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I don't know if they had walk-up songs when Fernando was Tyler says this was it. But this should have been it if it isn't. It's a good one. Yeah. You think Fernando knows ABBA? Likely. I mean, yeah. Abba was big when Fernando was big. Yeah. So I, I would so imagine. During, during his warm-up routine at Dodger Stadium, the PA would play this for him. Okay. I, I don't doubt that the people involved in the game production understood. Right. But the Swedish supergroup and the Mexican left-hander, I, other than the song is named Fernando, but, I don't know if Fernando was listening to that in his Walkman back in I the mean, day. I Ab- mean, Abba <laughs> was a big band. Am I they wrong? Were. No, like, you're not. Not to give away things that are happening later, but the topic of the snake draft, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a band that like uh, this is another situation. If I had been me thirty years ago, you're gonna you check know, out ABBA. You know what I'm saying? I probably would have gone to see an ABBA show just because. Oh my God, what's going on here? Isn't people- Mamma Mia about all ABBA songs? Yes, yes. and yeah. Cher sings this song in Mamma Mia too. Here we go again. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's a similar type of vibe. You know what is this goofy act that everybody seems to love? I need to go see what's going on over here. And, and, and the they songs have bops. are yeah, they, they do. They do have some bops. Super yes. catchy, and you hear them once or twice, and you know it. You know and. You know it's Mama an episode. Yeah. 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 No, they're they're very, very easy Love to Abba. get. Nothing into. not to like. All right. So Fernando, the pitcher, not sure. the uh, song not the from song. ABBA, uh, is having his moment tomorrow at Dodger Stadium. Okay. He's finally gonna have his number retired for the Dodgers. Right. Um, something that in my opinion should have happened a long time ago. Right. Um no one's worn it since Fernando. It's been de facto retired since he was done. Can you catch me up again on what the actual reason was other than I don't want to say the obvious, but please do break down for me what took them so long. The, the obvious. The, the Dodgers have had a policy in place for w- whether it was official or unofficial. If you're not in the Hall of Fame, you don't get your number retired. What is that policy about? 
that's their threshold. And, and, and by the way, I get it. I respect it. I, I do, but I do think that it needs to be a little bit more flexible. That Jim Gilliam is the only player that the Dodgers have retired his number who's not in the Hall of Fame. Okay, so there is actually somebody. Th- there is one. And obviously he died you know, prematurely. Right, but and, I'm saying, okay, sorry. I'm not going to get off on that. Go ahead. Yeah, but that that's why. Right. Fernando's inclusion into the Hall of Fame, I want to get to in a second, but Fernando's impact on the Dodgers – and I'm not even going to talk about internationally or the game at large. I'm talking specifically the Dodgers and the city of Los Angeles. Okay. Is probably second only to Jackie Robinson as far as the impact on the organization. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, you know, obviously Jackie Robinson was not a Los Angeles Dodger. Right. That he was a Brooklyn Dodger. And Fernando created multiple generations of fans in this city that were not Dodger fans until he was here. You go to a Dodger game, there are a lot of people that are there because their mother or father or grandmother or grandfather became Dodger fans because of Fernando Valenzuela. A lot of people? I might say most people in the park at this point. I Quite mean, possibly. Have you, have you been to a Dodger oh, no. game? Of, of course. Of like, course. It's, it is the influence is clear. An incredible amount of Latino Dodger fans. Yes, and it's Mexican fantastic. Dodger fans. And and. Fernando is, I don't want to say a big part of it, he's the part. I would go so far as to say, as somebody not from Los Angeles, that Fernando Valenzuela is the most famous Los Angeles Dodger in terms of all of that impact. Like, I know it's hard to see that it's, from inside the trees. It's, a, it's an easy like, argument to make. You know what I mean? Like, what, it's an what easy, are we talking about here? When I think about the LA Dodgers, I think about Fernando Valenzuela. I'm not pushing that's, back on you. That's I, who I've I think said about over the years. A yeah. hundred times on this show, Fernando Valenzuela is my favorite Dodger of all sure. time. He, yeah. You know, he's a pitcher. and he was, When he took off, I was 10 years old. Right. Perfect. Right, there's no better combination for that. But I wasn't the only one. I was a white kid from Arcadia. Sure. Okay. So, like, a, a totally different experience for somebody like you, Jorge. Yeah. And then, you know, to his point, the reason we like the Dodgers in my family is because my grandpa's the one that said, "You guys got to watch Fernando." My, because of my grandfather, who used to watch the Dodger games with Fernando in them. Mm-hmm. My mom knew about him. I knew about him. My little brother, you know, I talked to him about my little brother all the time. Mm-hmm. He knows Fernando. It's because of that. Because of him, we became Dodger fans. Yeah, and that's why, to me, you know, I, I just. The idea of, oh, our policy is to not let – like, that always struck me as so bizarrely tone-deaf to yeah. the entirety of your fan base. Like, what were you waiting the, for the, for all of these years? I, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I'm attempting to play devil's advocate okay, here for a second. The devil but often does, does not the, need advocates. The, but but <laughs> the, the argument is, well, yes, he was great. But if we're going to put him in, well, let's put Steve Garvey in. Steve Garvey was a great player, okay. championship teams, MVP. And and there's just at, – at some point, it's we're – on the road to if you had a nice career, then you're a part of this. I, I get that, I, but I, Fernando Valenzuela is Fernando like, Valenzuela. Like I said, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> like, I couldn't agree more. And it's going to happen for him yeah. on on Friday night tomorrow, which, by the way, you're I, not just going. I can't go. I have a prior engagement. How? Oh, what, a, what a dagger. Oh, that's, that's a real letdown. I, I was expecting a full report from young Travis who would stand out in his backyard when he was about to, you know, Learn how to be a gaucho, trying to channel his inner Fernando. But no, you're going to go use I your... did try to figure out how to pitch with looking up at the yeah, sky. That didn't that, work that didn't out work so great. That, that I tried to throw a screwball. That didn't work out so great either. But, so the pitching part I adopted, but sure. I wasn't left-handed. I couldn't no. not stare at the target. And, <laughs> and, and the screwball felt like my elbow was going to explode. Okay, so young Travis's lifelong dream of seeing his favorite pitcher get his number retired won't happen. What will you be doing on Friday night? I am the public address voice of the Dana Hills Dolphins high school football program. Really? And we have a game tomorrow night. 
How does okay? I need to know everything about how this operation goes. Okay, high school football. By the way, I, I probably sports. won't be able to answer any of your questions. You don't know. I haven't done it yet. You've never done it before at all. <laughs> My first game is tomorrow night. Wow. PA announcing is more fun than it looks because it's not quite the it's not quite the constant talking of say no. doing a daily show. No. It's also not, it's not the, play by play. It's not play by play. Right. And you can kind of hit a little razzle dazzle. You know what I'm I saying? I get to scream touchdown dolphins. Exactly. Touchdown Dana Hills. You I, know? Now, we'll I don't know how often I'm going to say that. <laughs> but, but, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I we did I did a scrimmage just to kind of I'd never done it You've before. Never done it, right? I needed to figure. I have a buddy, my buddy Greg Fisher, and I. Okay. He's my spotter. So nice. we're, we're we're fired up. We're ready got to a do system. this. Yeah, we did well. We're going to figure one out on the fly. I got it. Um, we have a rule: no talking. You know what? In the booth because we both like to do that, <laughs> and we're afraid of a hot mic situation. Yes, that's so. We're, don't we're want that in a high school game. But yeah, so I got I have that going on Friday. That's night. excellent. I have hit done, me with your questions. I have I've done, done one scrimmage. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I've done on the PA front, and I'll tell you the ups and downs of how it went. So. My boss on TV, his son played their senior night game in baseball. Okay. And they often bring in sort of like a celebrity PA person for senior night. For whatever reason, the kids picked me. Okay. Like, and they were like, yo, can we get him to do it? And I was like, wow. So I go there. I go to Walt Whitman High School, Bethesda, Maryland. And first of all, it was a scene because like... High school baseball games are already kind of ridiculous enough if your team's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Like, people are going nuts. And the guy who normally did it had a son on the team, and he said, no, you can do the home team. And so I came up with, like, a little fun thing for every single kid based on something in their name or something in their number. And afterwards, the parents came up to me. They were like, that was awesome. Like, yeah. I will remember what you said or what little ditty you put in That's cool. with my kid's name, number, and position or whatever. So, think like, if you, you can really touch some people if you get to a level that's fun and that makes the kid stand out just enough. My goal tomorrow night is to make sure I have everybody's name right. That's true. The pronunciation you know, guides the, are vital. <laughs> I, I need to, well, I would start with a roster, never mind a pronunciation guide. There's that. I yeah. would like to get my hands. Well, we'll get to that. But okay. I'm very excited about that's it. Fun. But I am bummed that I'm going to miss for. Fernando. I want to take a quick phone call here. Sure. Brenda in Murrieta has a Fernando Valenzuela story. What's going on, Brenda? Hey, Brenda. Hi, huge fan of the show, guys. Um, Thank you. I, uh, <laughs> I'm i calling because my uh, my parents are huge Fernando Valenzuela fans. They came over from Peru in the 70s, like mm. late 70s. Um, and my dad is a, around the same age as Fernando, and he's the reason why my parents are Dodger fans, reason why I'm a Dodger fan, my kids are. Um, so just wanted to throw that out there. And ABBA is huge for them. I love ABBA that's as well great. because that's the music I grew, I grew up listening to. So I think it's all connected somehow. Uh, but, yeah, I just wanted to uh, share the story. Thank I appreciate you. that, Brenda. And I'm not doing anything other than saying, Brenda, thank you for the call. What she just said. My Fernando meant this to my parents, Correct. and that's why I'm a Dodger fan. Multiply that by literally millions. Right. Millions and, of people have that I'm same saying. story. Steve Garvey didn't have that kind of effect. Sorry. You know what I mean? I agree. Like, like I, I, I said, I, I wasn't making that argument. No, no, no I get I'm it. I'm just saying that because the Dodgers have had a bunch of really good players that are not in the Hall of Fame. And once you have a couple, then it's like, well, hey, what about me? Sure. The, and, and my argument has always been, you're not Fernando. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Like, we you, can make an exception yeah, for this guy. Make make me a case where there's a 30 for 30 on Steve Garvey. <laughs> right. 
right? They'd make me a case where there's a Brenda from Murrieta calling in saying, my grandparents came from country X and they're fans of baseball because of Steve Garvey. I'm fairly certain I saw Steve Garvey on an RV Expo ad. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, okay. And I don't want it to turn like into that. a Garvey. No, it's not, I love Garvey. I like Garvey. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he, he's a local dude. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Fernando, yes. global icon. Yes. Just not the same. It, it is, there it is so – her story is so common. And, yeah. and I don't mean that in a derisive way. It's right. just – he did that to countless families. I'm trying to decide if I if I want to go to this game tomorrow. You should. I think you I should. might. That send would be me, a good send experience. me some updates. I'll that, send you Dana Hill's football updates and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll trade texts. I could go I could go work it, which means I could probably get pretty close. Corey, are you gonna go? I uh, no, I have another thing to do. I got a LAFC game to go. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I might you go might to, have to be carrying the uh, I actually have a for us. Big I might go weekend. to first half and go over. I yeah. have a big yeah. weekend coming up, so I might I might I might kick it off. With Dodger Stadium on Friday. Yeah, that's that that's gonna be a great night and it's well deserved. And it does bring up the question, which we'll pick up at eleven o'clock, of whether this should be the beginning of the way that he's honored and not the culmination of it. Yeah, should he I get like the, I into like that. the Hall of Fame? Because I can make a hell of a better argument for Fernando Valenzuela than some of the dudes that are in there already. Uh, yeah. We'll do that coming up, but not before we do a little hey foo, did you see? It's coming up with Jorge. It's Travis Slee. Yates is in for Slee on seven ten ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, did you see that uh, Jorge brought in candies for us today? I nice did. Nice work. I'm afraid once I start eating it, I'm not going to be able to stop, so I'm going to wait till after the show. De la Rosa, Mazapan, original. Mazapan de la Rosa. Hey, did you see I bring you Mazapan? Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah I can't wait. It's like peanut a... flavored? Pe- no, it's peanut. It's a peanut-based candy. So okay. yeah, it's, it's, I'm it's, in. Sold. It's really good. I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. What do you got for us? All right, so hey, did you see? We're going to keep it local here. Michael Lorenzen, Anaheim native, Cal State yeah. Fullerton alum, mm-hmm. hit a no-hitter, uh, had a no-hitter last night. Have you seen a no-hitter in person? I, I have, have actually you? once. I, I was at Dodger Stadium and I saw Kent Merker of the Atlanta Braves Kent Merker. throw a no hitter. He wore number fifty one. Uh it sounds right. Yeah. But it I was I think I was in college at the time, maybe sure. right after college and my my wife Susan and I, she was my girlfriend at the time, 
Uh, we used to go to a bunch of Dodger games, and we're sitting, and, and I don't remember exactly the score, but I remember Atlanta was way ahead. Right, it was like seven or eight to nothing late in the game. And she's like, "Can we get out of here?" I'm like, "Nope, like, <laughs> absolutely not. not yeah. We're we're not doing shit. Well, why not?" I said, "Well, this this is they Dodgers something gotten a hit, and it's the seventh inning or whatever it is. So we stick around. He ends up punching his ticket, gets a no hitter. Yeah. It's on the road, so it's always a little weird. Different, yeah. Um, but there was polite applause of of what they had seen, and then oddly, just because the universe is weird. Fast forward 15 years or so, I'm at the Final Four in Tampa, of all places, at the Trop, okay. where they're doing the yeah. Final Four. I'm Worst sitting in my seat. In the, in the base. It's pretty terrible. I'm sitting there, getting ready to watch the second game. Guy comes and sits down next to me, and I do like a quadruple take, <laughs> and I'm like, I think that's Kent Merker. <laughs> no and, way. Yes. And, and, and I said to him, I, I said, hey, man. Are you Kent Merker? And he and listen, Kent Merker's not getting recognized. To a lot be of clear, places. Kent Merker is yeah. a total name some guys guy. <laughs> yes. The fact that I even pulled yeah. anything close to his, you know, and, uniform number is only because I had his baseball card. And like, he goes, he must have been over the moon. And he goes, yeah. And and I'm like, you're not going to believe this. I said, but I was at the Dodger Stadium the night you threw your no hitter. I said, I grew up in L.A. And he goes, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, no, man. I saw it. That's with my two awesome. Eyes. Yeah. So yes, I have seen a no hitter, and and then I got to meet the guy. Wow. Randomly, ten years later. That's amazing. Yeah, that's I, cool I mean, story. that's the kind of situation where he's been like, I'm buying you beers all night, buddy. You know what I mean? That's fantastic. I saw a no hitter in the World Series last year. The Phils got no hit at home and have combined four man no hitter right. in the World Series. And I was at that game. It was one of the more bizarre no hitters because combined ones are always sort of different. But I'll be honest, I had forgot you forgot about happened. that. So did I. And so yeah. I just thought about it. But th- what's funny is that for as much as I love baseball, as much as I love sort of fun statistical things, no nos are not like a big thing to me in the sense of like, unless you're there, you know what I mean? That's about it. However, last night's was cool for a couple different reasons. This is a great stat. Yeah, well, the stat the stat that I sent you guys, which is, hold on, let me find it, but I wasn't even going to bring that up, but what also happened was a guy got his first big league hit in that game, yeah. and it was a homer, and his dad was in the crowd, and his dad was crying his face off, mm. which I love to see because so many dudes try to, you know, I, I, just, I just love those kind of emotional family moments. Where's Here's that stat. stat. Yes. Here, here it is. Four pitchers have ever played Major League Baseball after attending Fullerton Union High School in Fullerton, California. The four pitchers are Steve Busby, Walter Johnson, Mike Warren, and Michael Lorenzen. All four of them have thrown no hitters in the Major League. That's unreal. That's bizarre. I, like, I, I mean, what that's... about UCSB? <laughs> Uh, I don't think we've had a no-hitter. We have a handful of big leaguers. Okay. Kyle yeah, Nelson yeah. gave up the yams last night against the Dodgers. <laughs> he, he he came in and against the Dodgers. I'm like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Gaucho on the mound for the uh, damn. Dang. No. Yeah. yeah, no-hitters are fun, though, if you're in the building. Um, But there's been so – like, the list of guys that have thrown no-nos is a whole separate name-some-guys list yeah, that is. is often forgotten. They're even the perfect game list is, There's is, Dallas is there. Braden, Domingo Herman, yeah. Len Barker. There <laughs> right. are Janice, some weird ones. Janice, by the way, saw Domingo Herman hit it. Did she really? Yeah, she, she was at no that game. She yeah, was at that game. I remember yeah. that. I was following along on yep. um, on social. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a very, it's a very odd quirk of the game that is fun if you're a part of it, but at the same time, it's not like the greatest thing on that because you can, guess what, kiddos? You can lose a no-hitter. It's happened yes. many times. Yep. Yes. It's also yep. like you're at the game, you're like, wow, this game is going by really fast. Oh, wait. Yeah. And then that's <laughs> kind of where it comes. When do you start to notice? Uh, probably around the mid-four. Okay. Mid-four is when, because that's when you're getting through the lineup the first time, and yep. if, if, if you get through the lineup, 
one and a half times. You're like, whoa, nobody seemed to reach base. Yeah, yet. for me, it's like the end of the fifth inning. If okay. you still hasn't, if you still, it's like, all right, we're we're at least paying attention. Right. Now. We're, yeah, we're we're monitoring. We're over halfway. We're monitoring, yeah. as we like yeah. to say. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, wow. I'm using is. that as a transition. How about it. that? I love it. Yeah. All right, fool. So, the, have you heard the term Troutani? No. Well, there's a picture going around social media with Mike Trout. And Shohei Otani holding a baseball card from their moment at the World Classic, World, World baseball, baseball Classic, Classic. Sure. Yeah. and it's them facing each other. You know, Otani pitching to Trout. Mm-hmm. They autographed this, you know, uh, baseball card. How much would you pay for that? And do you have any memorabilia? You want to go first? Yates? I'm not a memorabilia guy, um, as in that like there's some things that I have that I like, but they're typically things that are like documents, scorecards, programs, posters. I'm not a big like. Cards I used to collect a lot, but I'm I, like I don't want anybody's Heisman Trophy. I don't need their game worn jersey or their helmet that they played in the Super Bowl with. That's right. not the kind of thing for me. Something that documented like the kinds of things they have on the walls, on the second level of Dodger Stadium. Those kinds of things are really really cool to me. Like old school stuff that indicates, hey, this happened on this date. So probably wouldn't pay a lot of money for this, but I was also at this game, so. Oh that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You were. No, I I am not. I'm more in Yates's camp when it comes to memorabilia. I have some things, but they're personal to me. Right. They're not like famous artifacts from things that I had nothing to do sure. with. Sure. Um, I love baseball cards, but I like them for different reasons. I like them because I had them when I was a kid, or I think it's a cool picture. Right. That that that's kind of the reason that my favorite baseball card of all time, 1978 tops, Reggie Jackson. Yeah. I'm not a Reggie Jackson fan. I'm not a Yankee fan. But it's in Yankee Stadium. He's wearing the pinstripes. It's the huge swing. Swing. It's yeah. the dark sunglasses. It's just um. It's a Reggie's, full house. Reggie's it, great. It's amazing. That is a good card. It, it is an amazing card. Uh, what would I pay for it? N- not a lot. Would I love to have it? Yeah. Like that—that's the thing. I, I'm not a spend a bunch of money, no. but to to be at the game like you yeah. were, and to have been get a program or, or something from that, that ticket stubs. Oh, remember ticket, ticket stubs were a thing. I got a lot of scorecards. I still have. Yeah, those are those are big scorecards. Are yeah, huge me too. For me, obviously, yeah, I so. still have them. I I genuinely. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I genuinely miss having that little piece of paper to throw it in a drawer because it brings back nice memories. Yeah, it does. For sure. Yeah. When you find I mean, it in a drawer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saved stuff from the Super Bowl that I went to, the first sure. Super Bowl right. I went to. You know, it's right. like What did really you cool. save? Because I saved one thing. What did you save? Uh, I had the the big program that, that they had in our seats, and then I have the LA Times the next day, the picture of Aaron Donald and that okay. kind of thing, and then I saved the confetti. That's what I saved. Yeah. I, 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 I Carlo, our man Carlo, confetti. picked it up for us because yeah. we I didn't get to go on the floor that yeah. night or whatever. So Carlo picked it up, gave it to us, and I uh, kept a little. Nice. Yeah, I'm a soccer guy. You guys know I love soccer. So I I covered the MLS Cup, you know, for the station. I got to go in the locker room for the champagne shower. I picked up a cork. Oh, perfect. I labeled it MLS Cup Champs. That's strong. I kept the cork. That's a good one. That's a great little. You know, that's uh, this is not to turn the story into an interesting place, but our late friend Pedro Gomez, Mm -hmm. um, who followed Barry Bonds forever and was a great sports writer um, and baseball writer, he gave the cork from the Mets Championship Series to a buddy of mine who was a Mets fan. Oh, wow. He didn't even even know the guy. He just, the guy guy knew Pedro and asked him for it, and he gave that to him out of his bag that he'd gotten the night before. Oh, that's awesome. That was one of the cooler things. And so Mitch, the guy's my buddy, he talks about that all the time. He's like, dude, that's when I knew Pedro Gomez was awesome. That's He didn't know me from Adam, and he was like, yeah, you wanted to I also, um, my grandmother was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Like she lived in Pittsburgh, and she was a fan. And she has like one of the first few original t- t- uh, terrible towels or whatever oh, that she yeah. gave to me, wow. and that she has. One. So she gave that to me, and I had this display. Actually, I think it's home in Virginia. Nice. Okay. One more. All right. <laughs>
Ah, such a cool transition. I'm so glad that moment <laughs> that, that <laughs> produced something that can actually be and used He could do show. it on call. Right. Yeah, Very impressive. You know, hey, good Very stuff, Tyler. All right, so hey, did you see Davian Kimbrough, a 13-year-old, becomes the youngest pro soccer player in the U.S. after signing with the Sacramento Republic? 13 years old. What were you doing at 13 years old? And is this a good signing? I'll tell as, you what I was such doing. A young age? Out there on that ball field trying to get to Williamsport. That's what I was doing. <laughs> you know what I said? I certainly wasn't playing in the pros. No cl- no question about it. That's wild. This goes to the one we were just talking about a second ago. I was collecting baseball cards and playing <laughs> wiffle ball in my backyard. Right, exactly. Those were the two things that I was doing. I No, I, I was the most normal 13-year-old kid collecting cards, playing baseball. The idea of pursuing an occupation at that, much less a professional sports occupation, Forget it. You I was uh, swimming against Kayla Ledecky at the time, getting uh, beaten by her. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's funny. Now, there's always questions about whether or not too young is too young. And I know in NWSL, there's a girl who's 15, I think, who took the field this year. And my stance has always been, if you're good enough, you're old enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just what it is. If you can make it onto the field with professional players at that age, well, hey, why not? Go that's for it. That's part of money. it, but you also need a support system around oh, you certainly. that lets you be certainly. your age when you're not out on the field certainly. or the court That's, or that's the biggest part of it. But from yeah. a competition standpoint, I don't think you lose much by letting kids. Luca was playing at 13. Hey. There's tennis players. have been. There's been a million 13-year-old tennis players. But, right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, look, Charlie some, Woods. Sometimes yeah. you can see these guys, and they're coming a mile away. And sometimes the guy that can't miss misses. You just, yeah. Freddie Adu you, comes to mind. Yeah. yeah. Freddie Adu, Todd Van Poppel. This is the next big guy. It's like, right. yeah, like he can't play. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you, know, you never really know. All right. Fernando's All right, getting right, his, that's it. <laughs> Fernando gets his number retired on Friday. Yep. And the conversation about should that be the beginning and not the end of the celebration of Fernando in baseball circles, that's next. It's Travis Slee. Yates is in for Slee on 710 ESPN.